0: The following Truth Barista podcast is a High Beam Ministry production. I'm always asked by people how do you deal with disappointment? And I was wondering why they're asking that. I'm like, they think I'm disappointed a lot? Have I failed so much in my life so publicly that it's obvious that I must be disappointed with something? Maybe they just see my face and they must say, when he looks in the mirror, he (laughs) must be quite disappointed in the morning. I think disappointment, it's unfortunate that so many people actually even think about it or struggle with it at all. And the
1: Bible tells us that God will never reject us we're accepted in Him if we're believers in Jesus Christ.
0: Welcome to the Airzatz Coffee Shop. This is Jay, your Truth Barista, and I'm serving up a steamy cup of God's truth for the average Joe. You can catch me and this podcast on my websites, truthbarista.com, all one word, truthbarista.com, and highbeamministry.com that's h-i-g-h-b-e-a-m ministry.com as in car high beam. we're shining the light of god's truth on the road ahead uh. hey, hey 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 amazing larry i got a joke for you a horse walks into a bar and the bartender says hey why the long face <laughs> hey um You're not laughing. Why the long face?
1: Well, I don't know. First of all, I've heard the joke. And secondly, I'm so upset over the fact that I'm disappointed. I guess that's the easiest way of saying it. I am so disappointed. I get disappointed. Well, every day people say they're going to do something they don't. We were going to have a delivery this morning. They didn't show up. You know, I've got people coming in to help us here. You know, some of our employees, they don't show up. I'm disappointed in all of
0: that. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. You know, I I get that. We're not going to have that special like we wanted No, no, nope. no. That no, new no, coffee. So yeah. yeah, you're right. That is disappointing. Yeah. You know, that kind of brings up an idea to me. You've got your cup of coffee. Let me slide in here opposite you, and uh, let's talk about this whole idea of disappointment. Because I've been talking to some people this week, and a lot of them have been expressing the the feeling that God is disappointed. In them. Yeah. I don't know. Have you heard that?
1: Yeah. I think, and then people just turn away from God because they feel so unable to be accepted. Or it's like when parents are disappointed with you. I mean, it can really shatter a person's perspective of themselves, right? Their self uh-huh. esteem can really plummet.
0: Yeah. And on the flip side, I often hear people you know, they feel that, you know, God is disappointed in them, and they express that they're disappointed in God. So that kind of got me Mm -hmm. doing some thinking this week and some study. And do you mind if I run some notes by you and see what you think? Oh, I love it. I mean,
1: you know, we're sitting here again in the anointed booth. So, hey, anything's up for grabs, right, when we're (laughs) sitting here? Why not?
0: Why not? Okay. Well, let's let's start. Here's some of the topics or some of the main points in these notes that I was putting together at the coffee bar over there. Let me ask you this. What is disappointment and where do you think it comes from? Well,
1: I would say it's unmet expectations. You know, we have an expectation on something. You know, we believe something should be done a certain way or we believe in something or we trust in something. And then all of a sudden, all of that gets shattered because it doesn't come to fruition. So that's where we get disappointed.
0: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. It's when you're expecting something to happen and it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Okay, or something goes sideways. This is what I found in the dictionary. Okay. To disappoint, it's a verb, means to fail to meet the expectations, hopes, desires or standards of dot dot dot. Or to let somebody or, you know, to let somebody down. To be disappointed is to be saddened by the failure of an expectation. Hmm. Now, that's what really grabbed me. Disappointment is the sadness we feel when our expectations aren't met. So, okay. for example, you work hard. You expect a raise. <laughs> I didn't come through this last quarter. Yeah, That's right. You were disappointed.
1: I was. I was. I'm going to
0: unionize, well, by the way. Well, I got I got good news for you. I checked the books this morning and I will be giving you a raise. All
1: right. Hallelujah.
0: Okay, Okay. well, here we go. Here's some other ones. You know, seriously, like hopeful idiots, we expect politicians to live up to their promises after every election cycle. And again, we're disappointed. Unmet expectations. But really, are we surprised? Seriously? No. Or, Or here's one. Or when a congregation expects the pastor's kids to be transcendent saints, mm. holy and perfect in every way, because they live in the rarefied air of the perfect home of the perfect man and woman of God. Wow. wow. Oh, the appointment on so many levels.
1: So I think that's another D word. It's called delusion.
0: and <laughs> Deception. Yes. You know, I mean, that's the whole thing behind the, the PK myth, right? Pastor's kids. They're all expected to be perfect, but yeah. not one of them right. lives up to that perfect standard. It's right. extremely unfair and that's why pastors kids are often you know hit with so much disappointment because mm-hmm. people are disappointed in them and they didn't live up to the congregation's right. expectations. Here's one that's really good and I know you'll identify with this when a new Star Wars movie comes out, you know like episodes one through three mm-hmm. and they're touted as the best in the series expectation swells, and then the waves of crushing disappointment hit when you see Jar Jar Binks run across the screen. No, no, Mr. Stay. Mr. Call Jar Jar Binks. Mr. Your humble servant. So here's what it boils down to. Disappointment is unmet expectations. And by the way, this isn't limited to us. I mean, you see this in the Bible. Can you think of any, I'm going to play games with you here. Can you think of anybody who was disappointed in somebody else in the Bible?
1: Well, Moses was disappointed when he couldn't go into the promised land. I think he was kind of ticked at that. You know, when yes. God said he wouldn't, or David, when David couldn't build the temple, God said, ah, 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 ah you're a man of bloodshed and violence. You're not building my temple. So, yeah, you know, things like that. I suppose yeah, when... Paul would be disappointed because he had to finish out his life in prison. I mean, that's a disappointment.
0: Yeah, you kind of agree expect such a magnificent man of God to finish in a blaze of glory, and he winds up in a Roman prison, according to tradition, gets his head cut off. I mean, Mm. what kind of an ignoble end, a disappointing end. Yeah,
1: he lost his head over his religion. That's terrible.
0: Exactly. But yet, he will receive it back, crowned with glory. Right. So... I mean, really, if you can just look far enough ahead, sometimes you can look past those unmet expectations and the real fulfillment comes. And that's where the satisfaction comes. But you're right. Paul did struggle with disappointment. And it wasn't just with his whole ministry as a whole, you know, ministry trajectory. It was with two of his congregations. You especially see this in, you know, the Corinthians, Mm -hmm. they were shot through with division, you know, whose leader is best, whose spiritual gift is best, tolerating an immoral situation. And that was one that even the Gentiles wouldn't tolerate, right? There was spiritual gift abuse. Uh, They didn't understand key theology like the resurrection. So Paul had to go through all that. Talk to him about it. But listen to what he says in 1 Corinthians 3 1 through 4. Listen for the disappointment here. For my part, brothers and sisters, I was not able to speak to you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh, as babies in Christ. I gave you milk to drink, not solid food, since you weren't ready for it. In fact, you're still not ready because you're still worldly. For since there's envy and strife among you, are you not worldly and behaving like mere humans? For whenever somebody says, I belong to or I follow Apollos. Aren't you acting like mere humans? I mean, can you hear it in there? No, I do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I mean, how many pastors look at their congregations go, you know, really, I expected a lot more from you. Oh, and here's one Galatians, right? Galatians. This was a Jewish Gentile congregation following the Messianic stream of Judaism, so it was very, very Jewish in its format and in its approach. They caved into Jewish Jesus followers who said that to be truly saved, you had to be circumcised and follow the Torah as the non-Messianic Jews did. Paul's point is that salvation comes through trusting Jesus' death alone as the prerequisite for salvation. You want to hear some disappointment? Listen to Paul in in Galatians, and this is Galatians 3, 1 through 3. I am amazed that you are so quickly turning away from him who called you by the grace of Christ and are turning to a different gospel. Not that there is another gospel, but there are some who are troubling you and want to distort the gospel of Christ. Excuse me. That was chapter 1, verses 6 through 7. This is 3, 1 through 3. You foolish Galatians, who has cast a spell on you, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? I only want to learn this from you. In other words, tell me this. Did you receive the Holy Spirit by works of the law or by believing what you heard? Are you so foolish after beginning with the Spirit, are you now finishing by the flesh? Wow, there's some disappointment. Okay, Truth Barista, what
1: about the churches in the United States today? Would Paul be also disappointed?
0: Well, I- You know, he could be. I mean, I'm thinking if Paul the Apostle were alive today, he'd probably start one of his letters like this. Paul, an Apostle of Christ Jesus to the churches of the United States of America. Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't even really know where to begin with you guys. (laughs) Isn't that brilliant? Yeah, well, yeah, I think he'd be a little more stern. Wake up, church. Yeah, a little bit. Okay, so. Also, all kidding aside, do you ever feel like God is disappointed in you?
1: You know, I think at times I think he is. I, I know better that his love for me is, is unending. It's eternal. I, I know I can't shape that love in terms of him turning away from me. But I think I think things and I say things and I probably even in my motives have wrong motives that he's probably going, uh, 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 uh. So, yeah, yeah. I think he is. And I am, I am disappointed with him. I mean, he's disappointed with me, and I'm disappointed with him because there are so many times I have prayed for people, and it was a very important prayer, because maybe life or death, and it didn't turn out the way I prayed. Disappointed In other with words, God. it
0: didn't turn out the way you expected.
1: Well, but here's the thing, Truth Barista, when we hear, when Jesus says, anything you ask in my name, it shall be granted. So that's an expectation of faith. That when we pray in His name, we can expect what we pray for. I think a lot of people feel that way, and that's why they're disappointed when it does not happen.
0: That's true, but the missing component of what you said is God's will. Because no prayer, no request can we bring to him that he will answer that is outside of his will. So really, the fundamental truth is his will. And that's where all of this disappointment stuff I see circles around. When we expect God to do something and his will says he's not going to do it, then our disappointment in him, the unmet expectation is unfounded. And furthermore, we know, according to God's will, that he expects us to live up to his standard, right? Well, that's true,
1: but there are so many scriptures, truth still like, given it shall be given unto you. I mean, a lot of people use that verse in thinking that if they give a lot of things away or give a lot of money somewhere, that God's going to just reel it back into them. And the disappointment is, it sometimes doesn't come back that way. And again, I suppose you're going to say, according to his will.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> according to his will. Now let me see. I it got you because, figured out. See, we're we're going in two different directions here, and I'm gonna, I'm going to focus in this one because number one, we become disappointed in God because we have expectations of Him that He doesn't fulfill according to our will. Correct. And again, Jesus says, "Not my will, but yours be done, Father." Okay, so that brings us to the flip side: Is God disappointed in us because we know God expects us? to live up to his standards, his will, right? And the answer is wrong. Ooh! See, this is the point, Amazing Larry. He calls us to live up to his standards. He wants us to live up to his standards. And it pleases him when we live up to his standards. Any serious Christian will tell you, by the way, how hard we try to live up to his standards. But you and I both know we fail again and again and again and again and again and again.
1: Oh, I like that again. You know where else we fail, Truth Barista? I mean, I'm serious. This is a serious failure on our part.
0: And we, what is that? amazing? Well, theory? we have
1: two cups of coffee in front of us, and they are absolutely empty. And we're not if... living up to our expectations.
0: You know, I expected you to get up and get me a cup of coffee if you wow. would be so kind. Oh, wow. Don't he... disappoint me. We are presenting God's truth for our day. You're listening to The Truth Barista, a production of HighBeamMinistry.com. The Truth Barista podcast, set in the imaginary Erzatz coffee shop next to Big Brain University. The Truth Barista podcast tackles a plethora of scintillating topics. We don't shy away from controversy. Whether it's current cultural issues, questions about Bible verses, or even just some banter to encourage you, Jave the Truth Barista and Amazing Larry brew up highly caffeinated talk times. We are two wild and crazy guys. Grab a cup of joe, plop yourself down in the booth next to us, and get ready to think. The Truth Barista Podcast, a production of High Beam Ministry, highbeamministry.com. This is Sean Connery. Listen to the truth, Barista. All right. Thank you. Oh, I'm not disappointed because my expectation of a full cup of coffee has been met and I am very happy. (laughs) Okay. So let's rehash a bit about what I just said. We just know as people that God expects us to live up to his standards, but that's wrong. He calls us, he wants us and pleases him when we live up to his standards, but we fail. Especially when we get that thought that runs through our mind or that nasty word pops from our lips or that particular gesture takes flight at the end of an argument or when that big moron cuts us off in traffic, right? And then once we do that, the condemnation pounds us. There? You
1: said something very interesting. You paused condemnation. Condamnation. Damn-nation.
0: Ooh. You broke okay. it up by syllables. Right. Condemnation to be condemned is to be sentenced for punishment. Condemnation is kind of the same thing. It's related. It's a, it's wordplay. It's that feeling that comes upon us where we damn ourselves in a sense, because of what we just did in a sense. First Peter one 15 through 16 says, be holy as I am holy. That's what we expect. God expects of us. So when we fall short of what we think God's expectation is of us, then we are disappointed in ourselves. And by the way, and here's the little twist I want to put on this, I don't think God is ever disappointed in us. You want to know why? Yeah, I'd like to know why. Because God knows exactly what to expect from us every single time. We're not surprising him. Exactly. So here's a little theology 101, okay? Among God's astounding divine attributes are his omnipotence, all-powerful, omnipresence, everywhere present, eternality. He exists undiminished and everlastingly from infinite past to infinite future. He's immutable. He never changes. But here's the big one. He is omniscient. It means he knows everything and all there is to know, past, present, and future. So let's face it, Amazing Larry, there is nothing you can think, say, or do that our Heavenly Father doesn't already know about. Nothing you've done, nothing you're doing, nothing you're going to do. He knows exactly what to expect from you. So therefore, he's never disappointed.
1: You know, and I I found a verse that's kind of cool. It is applicable to Israel, ancient Israel, but I think because we're part of Israel now in Christ, it applies to us as well. But here it is. It's Jeremiah 31. Even though he knows all that stuff you just mentioned about us, what we'll think and what we'll do, he says this, The Lord appeared to him from afar saying, I have loved you with an everlasting love. I have drawn you with loving kindness. Isn't that great? Even though he knows all that stuff, you know, he still loves us with an everlasting love. So it, it can't be overdone or replaced or, you know, diminished in any way.
0: Yep. And this is what sets God apart from human beings, because when we get disappointed in somebody, they fail to meet our expectations that often lowers our love for them. With God, that love never lowers. He is always there loving us, even though we don't seem to live up to his standards. And again, I don't want to say live up to his expectations because he knows exactly what to expect. I mean, if I sin... At that moment, he knows it. I matched his expectation. I expected you to sin at that moment because I know that you're going to sin at that moment. And yet he loves me still enough through that moment. Now, that doesn't give me a license to sin, but that awareness of he loves me through this failure on my part pushes me to do better, to love him more, to respond to him better. You know, and so let me ask this question. Let's explore this question. Where does this illusion of expectation come from? It really comes from us. It's my expectation of what I should be, what I should say, and how I should act as God's kid. So therefore, I take God's standard and I place it as a bar, an extremely high, perfect bar over which I should leap moment by moment, day after day. And it's our idea of God's expectations and disappointment, which we place on ourselves. Well,
1: okay. So when I hear you say that, my immediate thought is, well, then there needs to be a course correction in us because our environment, how we were parented, and even the kind of church we have sat underneath and the preaching thereof, it could easily be that those expectations are there by human dimension, not divine, and that's how we operate.
0: We have to separate between what human beings expect and what God expects, so to speak, his standard is what's important, not human beings standards. And if we are obeying God's standards, then we will fulfill human being standards of right and disappoint human standards who don't agree with God. Did you kind of follow that logic there? Okay. Where did we learn all this? It really, and you mentioned this, this comes back to our parenting because as children, when we're born into a family, our idea, our initial impression of God comes from our parents. You know, God is omnipotent, omnipresent, eternal, immutable, and omniscient, but we look to our parents to be so. So for example, didn't we think our dads could do anything? omnipotence didn't we just know that mom had eyes in the back of her head and they knew or at least found out about everything we did that's omniscience right and if they said nothing we still assume they knew everything but we're saving it for a later date for parental judicial proceedings right didn't it seem like one of them was always around to catch us in the act omnipresence right So therefore, when we fell short of their standard, we knew we disappointed them and learned, oh, so painfully, our father's job description for parents, like it or not, is for them to nurture us and protect us as we develop to the point where we make the transition from parent as God to God as God. And we often have to unlearn the humanized version of God's attributes and realize they belong to God alone. So let me give you an example. This is really embarrassing. So you can't tell this to anybody, okay? Oh, and, I really? Okay. All right. Go okay. Ahead. This is the all-time truth. One of my all-time best memories of my dad was when I was 16 and I was a newly anointed car driver, okay? Three months after getting my license, I raced my own school bus on the way to school. Okay, as the school bus was turning the corner, I used a diagonal street to cut off the bus and I had to accelerate suddenly at the end to miss the front end of the bus, but I caused my car to swerve and I hit an oncoming truck. Now nobody was injured, but I did it right in front of my peers. Okay. <laughs> wow. It was just a little bit embarrassing. So okay? did they
1: so did they call you crash?
0: I I was known as Crash Christensen for a while. Yes, that's true. So now, thankfully, I'm the truth barista. But anyway, what did my dad do? My dad did not beat me. He took it in stride. He didn't punish me. He didn't even express disappointment in me because maybe he expected I'd do a bonehead maneuver like that, right? He knew me too well. He just said this. What I was about to go through financially and legally would be enough punishment And he would walk through it with me. Mm. If you want to see a picture of our heavenly father, that's it. He knows we have to pay for the consequences in life, but he says, I'm going to walk through it with you. Okay. So the transition was starting to work. I got a better picture of my heavenly father. Okay. So we can't abandon God's standards in hopelessness. We have to embrace them. It is a high bar, but we are always going to fall short. That's the nature of life, right? Mm -hmm. We are born falling short of God's standards. Romans 3.23 says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God we need to get to know and really understand that God has given us a way to cover all those shortfalls so he can walk along with us. Romans 4.24, they are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Amazing, Larry, perfection is not achievable this side of death and resurrection. Right. So
1: when the Holy Spirit's inside of us as believers— And he knows, the Holy Spirit knows, we're not going to be perfect. What does he do with that? I mean, he knows we're going to sin. I mean, how does he operate within us when we are not perfect?
0: Well, he's the one who leads us into all truth. Jesus says he will remind us of the words that he spoke. So, you know, I mean, think of this. I'm kind of reminded of that Men in Black <laughs> film where they find the alien inside the old guy's head, you know, and you realize that the old guy's body is like robotics. Well, we're not a robot with the alien Holy Spirit in us, but like it is in the movie, the Holy Spirit sees what we see. He knows what we think. He knows what we hear, feel, experience, all of that stuff, because he is with us so sm- so much more intimately than any person can be. So he sees as we're heading into trouble, he sees us in trouble, and he sees us after we're in trouble. He warns us ahead of time. He's with us and deals with us in the midst of that trouble. And afterwards, he convicts us of what we did and says, now it's time to come back to the standard. God knows we are not perfect, this side of death and resurrection. Now, that doesn't mean we shouldn't work toward God's standard, Because, yeah, we know that God wants us to meet that standard, but we can't expect perfection because God doesn't expect perfection right now. If we do, we will be disappointed in ourselves even though our Father won't be because He already knows. Yeah.
1: Well oh, that's so good. It's sort of reminding me, when the Holy Spirit works with us, knowing that we're not going to be perfect, He helps us to come to the point of realization of sin and, and brings right. us to repentance. And that's really what, what He's able to do. And that's a merciful act, as far as I'm concerned.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. So how do we keep from feeling like God is disappointed in us, We have to cultivate realistic expectations of ourselves. Romans 12, 3 says this, and this is a, such a great verse, for by the grace given to me, Paul says, I tell everyone among you, Roman Christians, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think or should think. Instead, think sensibly, as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. If you're a newborn Christian, don't think you're going to be walking as maturely as somebody who's been walking with the Lord for 50 years. Right? They've had 50 years to learn God's word, to shape their lives according to his standard. Doesn't mean the newborn Christian shouldn't strive for that standard. It just means that when the newborn Christian falls short, they shouldn't beat themselves up over it. What they should do, they should run. They should run to God, Yes, not yes. run away from him. Right. Adam and Eve felt God was disappointed in them and ran away from him. And God walked after them to find them. What they should have done immediately was to run to him, but in our shame, on this, this perception that God is disappointed in us, we run away. We should run to him. So, you know, forget the condemnation that we feel we should brush that aside and run to God. So here you go. Here's how we do it today. Work on one thing. A fine sword isn't created by dropping a hunk of raw steel into a forge and pulling it out fully formed. It's formed gradually shaped under the trained hand of a blacksmith. Amazing, Larry, you and I are just hunks of steel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, That's all right. sorts of jokes could be
1: made. Yeah, but let me we're just serious, playing hunks, sir. but yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, we are hunks, aren't we? We're hunks of steel. We've been pulled from the fires of hell, but we need to cooperate with the Holy Spirit as he forges our inner person into Jesus likeness. The blacksmith isn't disappointed in the sword as it's being shaped. It is exactly as he expects it to be at any moment during the process. Mm. So when you fall short of God's standards, amazingly run to the father who is never disappointed in his child because he already knows what to expect from us. Is God ever disappointed in us? Never. He knows exactly what to expect from us, and he loves us just the same.
1: You know, the folks that are just over there, if you notice them out of the corner of your eye, they've been listening intently. Maybe we should just pray that people who are running from God would stop, turn around, and run toward him.
0: Yep. Heavenly Father, Amazing Larry and I pray right now that anybody who's listening to us from another booth right now who has felt they've let God down and are running away from Him, we ask that your message of love would reach into their hearts right this moment, begin to draw them back to you, to turn them around and run to the only help they will ever find, a God that loves them and is never, ever disappointed in them. A father who loves his children better than any human father can love his children. We ask, Father, that you'd make this a reality to them right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Truth is getting harder to find today, but there is no shortage of it here on the Truth Parisa podcast. Spread the word. We deal with the uncompromised truth in every podcast. We are a High Beam ministry production. This is Jay, your Truth Barista. Thanks for listening to the Truth Barista Podcast. The best way to find out when a new podcast drops is through RSS feed. Go to our website, look for the RSS button, press it, and then enter your email. You'll be notified when a new podcast drops. Thanks for listening.